So I was shocked to learn, like so many of other people out there, I, I saw this news item that Trump was uh, revealing that his Mar-a-Lago estate uh, had been raided by the FBI. Um, and he was away at the time, and uh, it was quite shocking. And you think to yourself, wow, this is really quite extraordinary. It's one of those news items that you think, okay, that, that's a Babylon B thing, it's some sort of joke, or you're misreading it. That's, that, that's the first instinct that I had, is that I was misreading it, Ari. I had uh, no faith that this was actually accurate. I, I, I was missing a word not, or expecting it, or thinking that it might happen. But indeed, it had already happened. And, you know, by now, I think a lot of people have already digested this news item, this event. Um, and you hear a lot about the typical points, the talking points. One is that, okay, so, you know, did Biden know about this? Of course he did. You know, despite his claims that he didn't know anything about it, uh, the Department of Justice is a separate arm. And therefore, you know, he would not be uh, engaging in these sort of political shenanigans and weaponizing the DOJ, for example. Uh, we know differently. Okay, yeah. And then the, the next point is that this is a desperation play. Um, they know the midterms are coming up and it's going to be a mass slaughter against them at the end of the day. So uh, they have to do something dramatic and perhaps uh, call into question everything about uh, Trump. So they'll see the left as the saviors and maybe vote uh, strongly against all those Trump-supporting candidates. And that's, that's like, uh, you know, maybe the Hail Mary that they're doing. These are the things that you're expecting from everyone to talk about, you know, this particular issue. Um, Ari and I, I think we want to talk a little bit, something more grandiose, a big picture sort of look at this, because um, it's, is it really that surprising? I mean, I guess it's, it's, you can't really say that it's surprising, can you? When you have somebody so desperate as a president, uh, popularity numbers, polling numbers, all those things are so way low. The country is very disappointed in the cultural wars. They feel like uh, the country is going off the rails. The country is going in the wrong direction. Uh, even the minority groups um, say very outspokenly that they are disappointing in the Democratic Party. The black vote has uh, swayed against the Democrats, they're really, the Republicans are chipping away very nicely at it. So the one thing they don't want is this, this Donald Trump guy, who is, to many people, a, a form of a messiah. Uh, and I don't mean that in a religious sense. I, I mean as a, as a true leader. I mean, Moshiach actually means leader in Hebrew. And somebody who's got a true backbone, somebody who knows how to get things done, he's a very unique animal, maybe a unicorn, as it were. And that's, that's the thing that they're just terrified about, because they know that Trump could very well win in 2024. And not only that, but expose so much more of what happened. They also know that come midterms, and assuming that the Republicans do a clean sweep in the House and maybe even take the Senate, that there will be massive investigations, not only of the DOJ, but also Hunter Biden and, and so many other issues, and, and Biden himself. So, and, and then ultimately this, uh, this raid itself. So these are big issues that they're facing. But like I said, these are the, the kind of like the small immediate ticket items, the immediate consequences that we're looking at. Now, Ari, I think that these are huge issues that are, it, it, was, it was no surprise, like we said, 
What did, what did you expect when you had these kind of little games that they were playing, big games as well, when it came to the election, when it came to mail-in voting, when it came to um, putting this new bill in, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which, of course, will do nothing to reduce inflation, uh, they, they go off half-cocked knowing that there's no way, no way uh, that this will help the economy whatsoever. So they have a slush fund, uh, you know, with a pork, as I say, pork bill, where they have 87,000 new IRS agents, and then they pretend it's not going to be for auditing purposes of the small guys. Uh, of course it is. So so it's it's inevitable, right? I mean, and then the Hunter Biden thing, they know that they can't possibly get away with this. It's eventually going to be exposed. So they have to do something dramatic. But wasn't this inevitable? I mean, I feel a little bit, and, I, and not to equate this fully to the Holocaust, but what is similar is the slow creep of new, crazy, and ever more draconian laws that the Germans simply abided by and they the Jews had to get used to as well. And they thought, okay, well, this is the last step. This is the last step. No, this is the last step. Until it culminated in, in uh, Kristallnacht, Night of the Broken Glass, and eventually all the Jews were shipped off into uh, their concentration camps. And we know what happened after that. So I'm not saying, again, that this is going to lead to concentration camps. I am saying, however, that something is very dangerous here. Um, you've heard about you know, this is the kind of stuff that happens in banana republics. Yes, yes, you're right. It does. Uh, do we want to be like Venezuela? No, of course not. But we're going there in that direction anyway. That's exactly what they want. They, they want this degradation of the middle class. They want to uh, uh, imprison their political enemies. This is a necessary step. It's not, it's not as if they're, they're worried about what you think about it. They don't. This, this is the end game. What do you think, Ari? A couple things. The first is um, I don't think it's necessary to qualify these things by saying, I'm not saying this is going to lead to death camps. Well, why not? I mean, I'm going to call the starting point on this September 11th. September 11th happens. Immediately, we're told, don't let the terrorists win. Don't change our society. And we change all these rules vis-a-vis travel. Suddenly, we have to take off our shoes. You know why? Because rather than, I'm not changing the subject here. I'm making an example going back to the beginning about the acclimation process. Rather than uh, stereotyping or profiling the certain tiny minority of people who generally carry out the kinds of things that September 11th has, instead they had to look at every one of us. The grandma in the walking boat, you know, the, the old man with the sprained ankle, the lady in the wheelchair. They could be terrorists too, right? So you get used to tear off your shoes. You get used to the little humiliations. You get used to the inconvenience. Then it goes on and on and on. Then Obama comes along and says, well, fundamental transformation. There's going to be some changes. Everyone's got to take a haircut, you know, and uh, new normals. Well, there's been an awful lot of new normals. You know, uh, let me finish now. Then you go into the modern era of like the last 24 months. It's just two weeks. It's just two months. It's just two years. It's just a vaccine. It's just one dose. It's patriotic to do it. Just do it. Wear a mask. Real men wear masks. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I on get, and on and on. I, yeah, I get it. So it, it, 
when you really look at that scope of the, the contemporary changes that we actually did here, they match up pretty well to the eight years from 1933 to, actually five years, 1933 to 1938, where it went from regulations on how to cook a lobster to Kristallnacht. Yeah. Right? Yep. yep. So, okay. you're, you're so, right. You're right. You're right about that. And, and I get what you're saying. You're, you're, you're going forward point. with... One last really fast point. And by the way, as Jews here, we already had our Kristallnacht. It was in May of 2020 when they started torching synagogues as part of their riots. Okay. So okay. it's yeah. not too far I, I, There, there are so many examples you can give, and I, I know I'd like to give every single example. I like your word, acclamation. I think that's right. That's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to acclimate us, slow boil the frog and the skillet thing that we've, we've heard about many times. And uh, it's, it's concerning. Uh, we, we have to begin to realize that these little, as you said, these little humiliations uh, based upon these small changes in rules, sometimes big steps in rules. Uh, climate change is a very good example, uh, now that I think about it, how they want you to get used to the idea of uh, not having fossil fuels, to not uh, you know, having anything other than solar and electric and so on, and you have to all, all get electric. And now's the time. They, they sense their, their, their moment in the sun. But this, again, is they, ha- they know they have to do dramatic things. So there are two things that, that I think flow from this Mar-a-Lago raid. One is, you know, putting aside all the fact that, you know, what, what justifies this and uh, they, they can't possibly do this. We can get into that. It's, it's, but that's all short-term stuff. There are two things that come out of it. One is the fact of what we talked about just now which is this is an inevitable process. They will start imprisoning political opposition and they'll say it's necessary. You know, they can trump up anything they want when they say the word necessary, right? And you don't know. I, I've seen the evidence and it's very, very uh, volatile and it's very dangerous stuff. And we need to, uh, sorry folks, we need to imprison uh, Donald Trump for the time being. It's so secret. It's the national security is so at risk. You don't know what we know. So please trust us. Um, that's, so that's one thing. The J6 committee says that every day. The J6 the, the committee says that every day. So uh, and now people are not paying attention to that, which is not surprising. But uh, the, the next thing about this, the, the number two of it, is that in addition to what we just said, that this is inevitable, they also know um, that they have to do something you know, dramatic right now. Uh, this is their time to do something dramatic. It's a... I would say it's a Hail Mary, but they actually believe that this is a proper move, right? We know it's a Hail Mary. If anything, uh, and we can talk about this, you know, at another podcast one day, uh, this will actually benefit Trump. I mean, everything backfires with the Democrats, right? So I wouldn't be surprised at all if this backfires and it actually makes Trump a martyr. I think we, we, you and I shared an article to that effect that it makes him a, a martyr. I, I think that's 100% right. And his fundraising the last 24 hours. Yeah. And it's, go ahead. And his fundraising the last 20, 36 hours has basically smashed every fundraising oh. record ever yes. in oh politics. That's, that's wild. I, I didn't know that, and I guess I, I should say I'm not surprised. Yeah. So go ahead. And for the entire Republican Party that's running as pro-Trump candidates. So the, the coattail of fundraising, just from this blunder, has enormously backfired. It is interesting to see how the DOJ itself has, has yet, uh, you know, we're talking two full days now to actually articulate anything about this. I, I'm sure they will. 
uh, whether it's Merrick Garland or somebody else, but nobody said anything about this and why this is an appropriate way to do it. I guess what they'll, what they'll have to say in the end is we, had came, we came across a very damning evidence, very concerning evidence, and we really felt uh, very strongly that this would be destroyed, and that's the reason why we're doing it. And they'll, they'll be very serious in their faces, and uh, they'll be very justified in their feelings, but uh, that's about it. So, but this is a, um, I, I guess the whole point of this particular portion of the podcast is to say, what did you expect? This is what Democrats do. This, when, when you take away God from the equation, when you take away the sense of the Constitution, when you take away um, a true Republican uh, form of government, I'm not talking about Republican Party, the Republican form of gar- government, and you have the mail-in balloting, and you play all the funny stuff that you do, and then you have the media on your side in every way. And you lose all self-restraint. And then you lose, yeah, Ari just said, yeah, and you lose all self-restraint. What, what do you expect? This is the party that thinks they can get away with anything. They got away with Hunter, Hunter Biden, apparently, uh, or maybe not yet, but we'll see. Hillary Clinton, they certainly got away with it, right? So uh, the Russian collusion, they would have gotten away with it Lois if it weren't for those darn kids. Lois Lerner is a very good example. Uh, There's just Benghazi, generally speaking. So there there are too many examples of how they've they've gotten used to getting away with it. Jeffrey Epstein, right? Yeah. Uh, So uh, too many questions, too too strange. Um, And so why would they stop? This is this is nothing. A raid on the Trump uh, organization. Uh, They already spied on him before. That was without proper legal authority, right? They already trumped up an entire collusion uh, scheme on him. Why would they stop here? Why? They, they, this, is, this is nothing. Yeah. Do you think the, the speculation that they already have sealed indictments ready to indict him are probably... I, I don't see a place where you do this raid and then you can't arrest him. And it, it's so easy. You put him on trial in certain circuit courts in this country with certain federal judges appointed by certain presidents both Republican and Democrat, I'm talking about you, George Bush, and W, uh, he's convicted in an hour yeah. of the flimsiest thing. Yeah. That's true. They already did that with the January 6th commission, right? right. I mean, they've already convicted him on that. So uh, there is no surprise here that these things are happening. And now the next step, the next analysis, I suppose, is to wonder aloud, um, how does this affect the average, and I'm not talking about the far left, yeah, I'm talking about the so-called moderate Democrat, if there is such a thing, uh, how does it affect him? Does he look at this and say, wow, I, 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 that just doesn't sit well with me? Like Andrew Cuomo, for example, he came out, who's no fan of uh, Trump. Um, maybe he's been so demonized by his own party that maybe he'll run to the Republican Party. I don't know what his, his agenda really is. But what if, I mean, you, you have him. I, th- I think he represents many reasonable Democrats, and yes, there is such a thing. And criticizing the raid, you mean. And criticizing the raid. And do they scratch their head and say, gosh, I I wonder why they're doing this now? Why? And why couldn't they have done it uh, in a more with a more legal process and made it made a demand? Why? There's a lot of whys out there. And why the timing? I mean, it's it's so strange. It's less than three months away from the midterms. Why do they want this dramatic statement? and why is there no explanation for why it was done that way? I mean, it's, it's very interesting. I, I think in Cuomo's case, being, you know, the, the 
long-standing political legacy the Cuomos have as a family and their connection to media. I think Andrew Cuomo simply is being honest here. And while he probably supports them right in, in philosophical terms, he just understands it's bad politics. And it's a bad media look for his party. Yeah. I don't think he said he thinks it's a bad look. I, I think he said that he doesn't like the ratings. He's actually right about that. Right. But I, I, if I were to be able to go inside his brain and understand what's really going on, I think he just understands the, if you will, optics. I hate the term, but you know they use it. He just understands those are very, very bad and reflected by the boon to Trump and uh, conservative yeah. candidate fundraising as a result of it. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's probably right. I, I don't know because he he wrote, wrote that tweet so quickly, so I don't think he even had time to know that it was, was going to help the Republican cause. Oh, it was obvious. So, so well, I think it was obvious. But anyway, I you know you have to think of it from the standpoint of if if the Biden administration truly views itself as being in a very desperate position, if they view themselves that way, then uh, this would be the move, right? Uh, and I and I think they are desperate. I think there has come a time where they say, "Look, you know, we're we really suck at everything." Um, this Inflation Reduction Act, which we just passed, I don't know that we can really tout this as a great victory. Uh, yes, you got the votes. A tax raise it, it was, on the middle class. It's, a, it's clearly a tax raise on the middle class. We can see how people are responding to it. They don't seem to be liking it as much as you think. There are so many questions about the, the taxes and the IRS agents and everything else. And uh, I don't know that this is going to be a great midterm um, uh, weapon yeah, for awesome. you to, to, to run on. So uh, th- these are the concerns that they must have. And I think they sat down with Biden and they said, we've got to do something, something big. Well, there's also one other big thing no one is paying attention to. It's also the one year of the Afghan disaster. OK. And what happened this week? Four Muslim men in New Mexico were killed in a what Biden touted was a hate crime. Turns out they were murdered by a fellow Muslim who is here from Afghanistan. Huh. I mean, so yeah. they between the tax raise on the middle class, inflation, gas prices, blah, 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 bad optics, bad politics. The, the distraction level is the Occam's razor explanation for why this is happening now and why it's happening at all. They, yeah. they, it's one of those where, well, if we, at least we can get the, the people to discuss this, they won't be talking about all those other things. And at least it, yeah, it creates yeah. the idea of, at least for our base, then you put the name Trump out there and suddenly the base forgets all the misery they've created yeah. for them. That's true. And now, look, the, the Trump factor is so powerful. I mean, what, what I love about it is, you know, if you ever saw the, um, the play uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, and for that matter, if you know the New Testament at all, um, you know that uh, the... You know, there, there are many powerful forces who were fighting against Jesus, right? I mean, so, you know, look, I'm, I'm not Christian. I love Christianity, as you know. But I think the story of Jesus is a powerful one in the sense that when somebody begins speaking wisdom uh, and truth, then you want to push him down because you know, that's the last thing you want. Um, and, I, and I think that's a powerful story. It's a very good, uh, um, anecdote, not anecdote, um, analogy here. Right? Yeah, so, you have the religious authorities, and, the and, kingdom of Israel, and the Roman Empire. Right. That, that's what you'd call the establishment. <laughs> right, exactly. Know? Right. So, but here you have Trump, now, not at all to equate him to Jesus or any Messiah for that matter, but damn it, he's good. Damn it, he's effective. Damn it, people love him. 
right? And, and you know what? The, the funny thing is, and I, I can speak for Ari, I, I liked him fairly quickly. I mean, I, I was not, he was not my first choice among the candidates. I think he was 16 out of 17 uh, for me. But as soon as he got nominated, I studied up on this man and I said, okay, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him trounce Hillary Clinton. And sure enough, that's what happened. And when he did, I was so super freaking excited. And then almost from day one, he started revealing what a fantastic leader he was, how effective he was. And you and I were so pumped. We realized. Yeah, it took we had, a little longer. but I know. It, yeah. took, it took Ari a little bit longer. But you and I realized what an awesome, awesome guy this was. And we couldn't care less what he wore, what his hair style was. We, we didn't care how many and times he was divorced. And we loved the, Well, the tweets, we don't care. Don't, Again, we didn't care. I love them. Okay, stop. So the point is that we have a great leader who got things done. There was, there was nothing he touched that didn't uh, turn for the better. Okay? That's it. Anything he decided to do, it got better. The Middle East peace moving the embassy, domestic immigration, energy. domestic energy, uh, you know, regulations. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mentioned the border. Uh, all these things, reducing crime, um, yeah. improving, improving black employment. I mean, everything, taxes, good example. Everything he touched that he decided to touch turned for the better. And they know, I'm talking about the Democrats, they, they know, and the far left, whatever they can do to, to, to demonize this man, to, to make this man literally into a criminal, so that he won't be allowed to run. See, it's not enough for them to, to run on ideas. Yeah, they can't just beat him. They can't just they beat him, yeah. They have to, exactly, disqualify him through this, uh, this, this cockamamie idea. Never mind. But the public is noticing. Like, how many times can you strike out, right? And, and every single time they think, okay, this is the time that Trump is going down. Every single, right? It's, it's amazing, the Russian collusion being, I think, the very first one. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got them now, we got them now. Uh, but nope, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. At what point do they, does a common, you know, average Democrat say, you know, I, I think we're playing dirty here and I, I don't like this. I don't want to be a dirty soul in this. And the Republicans are just not doing the same thing to us. So I, I think it's going to be a, um, a conversion moment. I, we always talk about conversion moments. Well, the big one for me isn't even the Democrats. You haven't mentioned this yet. The big one for me is the people who generally have been in support of the Republican establishment, the kind of people who support a Mitch McConnell, a Mike Pence, yeah. or a Mitt Romney. Liz Cheney. Those, and Liz Cheney. The, not those people, but the people who support yeah. those people are finally seeing the light and going, you know what, Trump is a good guy. Yeah. Those people, those four in particular and many others, Pence came out with a milquetoast statement, screw that guy. Mm -hmm. and it's nonsense. But those people are the ones who are the real disgrace because they're the ones who did the real damage yeah. to the country and to Trump by not sticking by him through thick and thin. And they're the one. It took Mitch McConnell 36 hours to say anything about this raid. Thank you, Mitch. Well, well yeah, it's, it's, it's absurd, but... Uh, look, these are the small little things that, that mean something. I, I'm not saying they don't mean anything. But um, again, I just I, I wonder if the average American is beginning to see this. And I think they are. Because look at all the fantastic victories of the Trump-endorsed candidates in the primaries recently, in the yeah. past few weeks. 
Um, he's batting not a thousand, but he's batting pretty damn close it's to something it. Something like one sixty four to fourteen. Yeah, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. And in a lot of the recent ones, like Wisconsin last night and Arizona last week, there's a lot of fraud going on, and they're still pulling it out. Yeah, so, yeah you have to you have to really you have to pull it out so much so that you can defeat the fraud. Look, we all know, and all the listeners of this podcast know, that there was a lot of monkey business going on in the 2020 election. Uh, and there's, there's always monkey business going on when it comes to the Democrats. They, they are the cheaters. They're the ones who have to fabricate votes because they know it's not popular. Um, it, it doesn't work. So they have to, they, their agenda is so important uh, of socializing this country, of turning this into a, another Venezuela or whatever, that... Uh, Cheating is okay. I mean, between the two parties, one of them is okay with cheating and one of them is not. I mean, it, it, to, to us, it's, it's anathema to, to everything we believe. If, if we felt it was okay to cheat, then, then it would mean that we don't believe in our own country. We don't believe in the Constitution and such. They, by contra contrast, hate the Constitution. They hate America. So why wouldn't they cheat, right? Because this, this voting system that you have, well, yeah, I guess we have to deal with it, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. We love it. We Republicans, conservatives, we love the whole process. We, it, it's, a, it's a holy thing for us. For them, oh, no, no, it's, it's something you manipulate. So if you have those two different agendas, obviously the one that views uh, voting as something that can be manipulated are going to be the cheaters. Can, can I make a quick... This might be more of an extended statement than you want to have at the moment, but can I just make a very quick statement about the the cascade of small changes they made to, to voting since 1996? Very quickly. 1996, rock the vote. MTV gets involved, right? 2000, the butterfly ballot and Al Gore undermines faith in people's elections, right? Mm -hmm. Kerry screams he's lost. Then we get to Obama, and God knows what happened with Obama. All those strange donations, all those strange ballots, all those numbers that don't make sense in certain places. And, and don't forget, in 2008, you had the, the new Black Panthers keeping white voters from voting in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Okay. In, in fairness, that was one precinct that was videoed, but you're right. right it, but, it probably happened in other places, but, but too. It's starting to look strange, right? And, and look, that's a lot bigger than rocking the vote and motor voter registration to an actual armed guy from the party of gun control keeping other people from voting. Fast forward to 2016, well, there was some weird stuff there too, right? Uh, CNN saying, hey, we got to find more ballots here when it was, you know, because they didn't want to call it for Trump. Yeah, and insurance and, programs and such. And then you get to 2016, uh, 2014, 2016, and 2018, California, ballot harvesting. Oh, that's strange. I didn't know someone else could drop off your ballot for you. Huh, what could go wrong, right? Uh, it's okay. It's just a garbage bag full of ballots. And, of course, no driver's license, right? That, don't forget about that. Yeah, let's, get rid of, let's have ID for everything except for voting. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Because IDs are only valuable when it's for everything other than voting, right? It's, it's instantaneously worth nothing uh, as soon as you... As soon as you uh, talk about voting, and so it's a little bit, you know, already like uh, <clears throat> like pearls, right? I mean, or, or anything valuable. It's so strange to me, and I, I talk about this in uh, my book, Rise of the Sex Machines, and, and in regards to the value of sex and how we look at sex. You know, there's this woman, for example, she decides that uh, she's she's having a really fun time with a lot of men. She has sex all the time with different men. And it's no big deal. It's just sex. But when, but one day she wants to get married, at which time, of course, the sex will be very, very important. And it will be a sign of trust and confidence. 
and fidelity. And uh, that will be the thing that bonds her with her man, right? I mean, you can't have it both ways. And that's what they want with this ID stuff, right? They, they want it on, one, on the one hand to be very important when it comes to everything else, including uh, going on to airplanes and everything that else that we experience. But when it comes to voting, you know, which is arguably much more important than your ability to go on an airplane, uh, then it doesn't matter. Okay, but I think we're digressing a little bit here. And what I want to talk about is more of the meaning and what to expect out of all this Mar-a-Lago raid. Um, because I, Ari, I think it's something uh, very nefarious. I think it's going to come down to be such a debacle for the Justice Department in the end of the day. Really a debacle. And, and what do I mean by that? I mean, it's, it's going to be like what happened with Afghanistan more than a year ago now. In 2021, it had this disaster, right? The, uh, the exit from Afghanistan. There was no thinking ahead of time to think about what, what this would do. So first of all, why is it happening? And secondly, um, how is this going to backfire on him? Um, the, uh, the fact is that Trump-endorsed candidates are winning everywhere in all the primaries, right? And for that matter, there's also the special elections uh, in governor races, Congress races, and so on. And he is winning one way or the other in primaries and otherwise. So it's, uh, it's very telling. And the Democrats, of course, are seeing this and they understand that this is a really bad thing for them. Trump is going to sweep um, in 2022, as it were, even though he himself is not on the ballot. So what did they do? What they do? What to do? What to do, right? Um, we know that Biden's popularity is so ridiculously low um, that they, they just can't afford a massive onslaught. Uh, well, I should say a massive slaughter that's going to happen in November of 2022. They know that they're going to lose the House, at least in 2022. They just don't want to lose it in such a humiliating way. They don't want to lose 65 seats. Okay, they, they may very well lose 65 seats. Um, so if that's the case, then they've got to do something. All right. Because once they lose that, it, it's a tremendous sign of where the country thinks we should go and that they're telling Biden uh, that this is a horrifically bad way to go, what they're doing. So uh, we're less than three months away from the November uh, midterms. And what they want to do, and mark my words, this is exactly why this is happening. They want to raid the Mar-a-Lago estate and try to find anything, anything at all, that would suggest that Trump has done something criminal. They want to indict him, at the very least indict him, and, and hopefully convict him as quickly as possible so that uh, when it comes to the election time and the, uh, the general election and the campaigning and such, then the Democrat candidate, whoever it might be, will be able to turn to the Trump-endorsed Republican candidate and say, look at this guy. He's, he was endorsed by Trump. You know who's now been in, indicted for X, Y, and Z? Yeah, you want to vote for him? Uh, he's, he's ridden on his coattails. He's, he's hitched his wagon to Trump. And Trump, we now know, is a criminal, right? That's what they want to say. That's their game plan. Now, it'll backfire because they won't be able to get a conviction. They won't be able to get the indictment even. It, 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 all of it is going to be backfiring on them because instead the investigation is now turning on why they had the raid in the first place. Right, so that's going to be embarrassing for them. The FBI and the Justice Department are now going against each other. They're, they're saying it was a mistake. Okay, so I, I think uh, it'll only inure to the benefit of Trump, if anything, and, of course, the Trump-endorsed candidates. 
We're also seeing that the surveys are showing that I think it's like 83% of Republicans are now, uh, th- those who were less inclined to vote are now more inclined to vote. Uh, and I think the 71% of independents, uh, this is according to a uh, Trafalgar uh, study. It's a, you know, a SNAP study, but nevertheless, I really trust Trafalgar. Uh, and and that's, that's good for us, of course. And in the meantime, it's going to look very, very bad for the Democrats. So uh, people are, it's just backfiring. People are actually sympathizing with Trump, like this can't happen. Putting aside the fact that this is the first time in American history that this has ever happened, that a sitting president, um, at least the attorney general of the sitting president, uh, is, is orchestrating a raid on the estate of a former president. That's never happened before. I, I, I think p- quite possibly uh, even the administration of a former president. So, but all you need to know, Ari, it's very simple. And I guess I'll conclude with this. <laughs> the fact that people didn't even think for a moment, the Democrats didn't think for a moment, what if Trump had done this, something similar, raiding the home of, let's say, Hillary Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, or Joe Biden, for that matter, when he was president. What would have happened? I mean, it's obvious, right? They would have said, this is the end of democracy. Uh, He's a fascist, of course. That would be thrown out right away. Need you see anything more to prove to yourself once and for all that he's a fascist, right? Uh, And then they would say, there would be riots in the streets. There would be all sorts of uh, protests in, in every courthouse. Um, people would be surrounding uh, the, the White House. I mean, you get the idea. I mean, it's crazy. But, but of course, now that it's under Biden's watch, well, then he gets to pretend he didn't know anything about it. Of course, he did. He knew everything about it to the extent that he has the short-term memory to absorb it. That's, that's what would happen. And for them not to even think for a moment that their own base, their own Democrats who vote for them, will see this themselves and they'll say, yeah, you know what, I, I got to tell you, if, if Trump had done that, we, we would be on the streets. We would. And let's, let's, let's not pretend otherwise. So this is uh, unprecedented, as they like to say so much, but this is really bad. And this will go down as yet another <clears throat> absolute catastrophe on the part of the Biden administration. The decisions that were made from top to bottom uh, did Biden know about it? Yeah, you betcha. He knew about it. Uh, they will come out, but only in conservative uh, media outlets. You, you'll see. They, they won't announce it whatsoever on CNN or MSNBC, but that's, what, that's the way it's going to go down. So <clears throat> that's, those are my predictions. But more importantly, uh, I think this explains why this happened now and what their ultimate goal is. It also reflects how desperate they are, how they want this man Trump Uh, to no longer be on the scene, uh, they are terrified of him. That's the only reason why things are happening the way they're happening. As they say, you can always judge a man by the enemies he keeps. All right. Uh, My friends, this is Brooke Lurie signing off. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.